0: The United States has been uh, celebrating, of course, the Thanksgiving, and that was last Thursday, and we consider this Thanksgiving weekend. But there are other nations that observe a Thanksgiving day as well. China, the holiday roots can be traced back to more than 2,500 years for their Thanksgiving, long before the Europeans ever set foot on the New World. Additionally, rather than Thanksgiving staple pumpkin pie, the favorite Chinese dessert is moon cake, a baked concoction filled with sesame seeds, ground lotus seeds, and duck eggs. So I'm sorry you missed the moon cake. Germany, the annual harvest festival is known as Erntedankfest, and is typically held on the first Sunday in October. While turkey is the favorite fowl among Americans, Germans are more likely to celebrate the harvest with chicken, hens, roosters, or geese. And there are other countries that observe a Thanksgiving Day, too. Grenada, Japan, Norfolk Island, which is off the eastern coast of Australia, South Korea, Liberia, and even Vietnam. And some, of course, are associated with an autumn harvest. The first President of the United States, General George Washington, who was a general beforehand, uh, with the support of Congress, established a Thanksgiving Day on November 26, 1789. And this is the proclamation. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. Just think about that. That is it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer, to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. So notice that the proclamation was not only a day of thanksgiving, but a day of thanksgiving and prayer. I hope you got uh, Mr. D. Simone's uh, regular Friday night message. Uh, he also quoted from Abraham Lincoln in 1863. Abraham Lincoln proclaimed, No human counsel hath devised nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. Talking about national blessings. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who while dealing with us in anger for our sins, has nevertheless remembered mercy. So how wonderful these national leaders. I say obviously, and emphasize the power and the mighty blessings of God. George Washington uh, concluded his proclamation with the following, And also that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations, and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions. What would happen today if all the national leaders and world leaders around the world would encourage their people to acknowledge God and repent of their sins and ask God's forgiveness? So as we celebrate a national Thanksgiving, let's understand that a thankful spirit, a thankful heart, a thankful attitude is a way of life. It's a godly characteristic of God's children. So let's ask today, what are we thankful for? How and when do we give thanks? How many times a day do you thank God? And how deeply thankful are you? Let's turn to Colossians, the second chapter. It's one of my favorite verses, among many favorite verses. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. Colossians 2, and starting with verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught. Abounding in it with thanksgiving. So God wants us to walk in Christ, walk in the truth, walk in the doctrines of the church that Christ has taught us, and to be abounding in it with thanksgiving. That's the title of the sermon today, Abounding with Thanksgiving. Let's first of all take a look at some biblical exhortations to express thankfulness. Perhaps one of the hints would be the number of times the words thanks or thanksgiving appear in the Bible. The word thanks appears 71 times in the Bible, and the, thanksgi- the word thanksgiving appears 31 times in the Bible, that is, in the King New King James Version. Let's turn to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, Ephesians 5. So are you abounding with thanksgiving or just maybe have a little bit of thanksgiving. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verse 18. Ephesians 5, verse 18. And be not drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. As we heard in the special music, I am not alone. So we thank God for those promises of Hebrews 13, 5 that I will never leave you nor forsake you in Matthew 28, verse 20. Lo, I am with you always to the end. God has given us such awesome promises, and those songs remind us of that. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another in the fear of God. So he's telling us that we are to give thanks always for all things and to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's turn to uh, Colossians 3 uh, verse 17. Colossians 3:17 we're taking a look at uh, five scriptures that give us instruction on giving thanks. Colossians 3, and verse 17. I remember, remember uh, memorizing this years ago. I'll need to refresh my mind. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Colossians 3 verse 17. So whatever you do, it makes a total difference in your mindset in your thinking, your approach to everyday life, that every action, every thought should be done in the name of Christ. So think of anything that you've done that would not be done in the name of Christ. Of course, God expects us to groom ourselves. I mean, even brushing your teeth is you can do, realizing that's God approved. You can do that in the name of Christ. But your attitudes and your thoughts, the actions, the routine throughout the day, but we do, says giving thanks to God the Father through Him that you can have the faith, you can have the confidence that the way of life you're living is wonderful, abundant, and godly. We know we all sin; we all have our mistakes, and we all sin from time to time. But we know we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, whoever lives to intercede for us when we confess our sins. So Colossians 3.17 is a second scripture after Ephesians 5.18. Let's go to Philippians 4 and verse 6. So here we have God's instruction book telling us about thanksgiving and being grateful. Philippians 4:6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. So you have a problem, you're worried about something, or have a trial or a test or an obstacle in your way. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In a sense... When you're praying with thanksgiving, it's almost saying you have to have the faith that God is going to answer your prayer. Let your requests be made known unto God. Offer solutions of possibilities. Maybe you have no idea how to solve the particular problem, but at least you're requesting a solution to your problem. But you do it with thanksgiving, which is anticipating that God will act on your behalf. So that's his third scripture, Philippians 4.6. And of course, Mr. Wallace Smith gave a sermon a few weeks ago on the peace that surpasses understanding. So that was uh, sermon number 1009. And expounded all on this verses. So we need to have a tranquil and peaceful mind. Of course, that is a choice. You can choose to... Be positive, or you can allow your feelings to be negative. There was an article in uh, the uh, New York Times newspaper Sunday Review, Choose to be grateful, it will make you happier, by Arthur C. Brooks. He writes, But others are philosophical. Should you celebrate this holiday, referring to Thanksgiving, even if you don't feel grateful? For many people, gratitude is difficult because life is difficult, even beyond deprivation and depression. There are many ordinary circumstances in which gratitude doesn't come easily. This point will elicit a knowing, mirthless chuckle from readers whose Thanksgiving dinners are usually ruined by a drunk uncle who also needs to share his political views. Thanks for nothing. He continues, evidence suggests that we can actively choose to practice gratitude and that doing so raises our happiness. This is not just self-improvement hokum. For example, researchers in one 2003 study randomly assigned one group of study participants to keep a short weekly list of things they were thankful for. They were writing down a list while other groups listed hassles and neutral events. Ten weeks later, the first group enjoyed significantly greater life satisfaction than the others. Other studies have shown the same pattern and lead to the same conclusion. If you want a truly happy holiday, choose to keep the thanks and thanksgiving, whether you feel like it or not. Of course, Dr. Meredith wrote The Seven Laws of Radiant Health years ago, and the most important one of all was maintain a positive and tranquil mind. We've had sermon number 586, What is Your Attitude? Uh, Sermon number 720, Character and Your Emotions, which addresses the same fundamental question. Do you control your emotions, or do your emotions control you? Let's go to a fourth scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Whatever we do in word or deed, we want to do in Christ's name, giving thanks to God the Father. And if we're anxious, we want to decide to confront that anxiety by making our request to God with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians five and verse sixteen. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, verse seventeen. First Thessalonians five eighteen. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And we pray your every day, your will be done. We had a sermon on that just a few weeks ago. Your will be done. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The fifth scripture I already give, so I won't turn to it again, Colossians two, verses six and seven. Be rooted and build up in him and establish in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So these are introductory exhortations from God and his instruction book to us on being thankful. Let's take a look at a couple biblical examples of individuals who express thanksgiving. Uh, Take a look at our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you'll turn to Matthew, the 11th chapter. Matthew 11. This is so inspiring because when you think of all the philosophical errors and heresies that are circulating in the religious world today. You realize what a wonderful truth God has given us, as we just saw in the the telecast on the truth about hell. What an awesome truth that is. When you realize there are billions of people who are deceived in thinking that they may be going to hell, or their relatives are now even burning in hell. Matthew the 11th chapter and verse 25 Matthew 11 verse 25 At that time Jesus said you now he was talking about uh, Tyre and Sidon and the white throne judgment and uh, the day of judgment Matthew 11:25 At that time Jesus answered and said I thank you Father so here Christ is expressing thanksgiving himself Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hid these hidden these things from the wise and prudent, and have revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight. What a wonderful truth that God is giving us understanding of the truth where the great and the mighty and the intellectuals and the great uh, Nobel Prize winners of the world don't know the simple fundamental truths that God has revealed to us. As Jesus said, it's babes, and thank God for having revealed that. Turn to Matthew, the 15th chapter, just over a couple pages, and again we see Christ's example of giving thanks. Matthew 15, and verse 35. Remember here, the large crowds. He had them sit down in orderly ranks. They had only seven loaves and a few little fish. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. Matthew 15, verse 36. And he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left. Now those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. And he sent away the multitude, got in the boat, and came to the region of Magdala. So Christ gave thanks, even as he knew that this miracle was going to be performed of being able to feed the 4,000. Look at another example. Matthew, the 26th chapter. And here we rehearse rehearsed this every Passover season, but think, think about this. He's giving thanks to God, even anticipating the beatings, the scourgings, and the crucifixions. And he even thanks God here in Matthew 26 and verse 26 during the Passover. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to His disciples and said, Take, eat, this is My body. Then He took the cup and gave thanks to and gave it to them all, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood in the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So here he's giving thanks for the wine which is symbolic of the blood that he knew he was going to be shedding. It's an amazing attitude that Christ had to be able to give thanks even knowing what he was thanking God for was symbolic of his own shed blood and of his beaten body. Turn to uh, Luke, the 17th chapter, where there's an example of some who were healed, but they didn't give thanks. Well, one person did, as we see here in Luke, the 17th chapter, and verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, there were Returned and with a loud voice glorified God. Luke seventeen, sixteen, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Where were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? So here we have the example of Nine, in a sense, being unthankful, or at least not expressing thanks and not giving glory to God, as Jesus did, but one gave thanks to God. Think another example of a wrong kind of thanksgiving in Luke the 18th chapter, just over a page 18. You know the story of the two men. Luke 18 verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. So you have to realize that he thought he was praying to God, but he was really praying within himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. Well, so here he was thanking God for his goodness. Well, so what did Christ say about that attitude? Well, he compared them, of course, to the tax collector standing afar off. Verse 13, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat upon his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. And then actually, the uh, definite article is there, not the... Uh, Regular article A, it should be the sinner in the original Greek. So he wasn't comparing himself with others, as some people do. I might have asked people on a baptizing tour, well, what do you think about your past life? Well, I've sinned just like everyone else. (laughs) So you you group yourself in as, uh, uh, you know, uh, justifying yourself that you're just like everyone else. But this man did not. God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Regardless of what other people have done, I am a sinner. Jesus say, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and who humbles himself will be exalted. We take a couple examples of, we see this warning of the wrong kind of thankfulness or unthankfulness or neglect of thanksgiving, Second Timothy the third chapter. You all know that prophecy for our day today, which is certainly true in the Apostle Paul's day, but also true in our day today. Second Timothy the third chapter. But know this that in the last day, day and from such people turn away—an apt description being fulfilled in prophecy for our world today. We have an ungrateful nation, and a nation that will not, even if it is grateful, will just like the uh, the Pharisee uh, uh, praise himself rather than praising God for all the blessings. One more warning here in Romans, the first chapter, Romans one and to realize that unthankfulness can lead to all kinds of wrong attitudes. And, of course, it can just be a symptom of a basic fundamental sinning attitude, selfish attitude, or narcissistic attitude. We were just talking about that, I think, on Thanksgiving Day, about uh, where did the word narcissus come from? It means selfish, self-centered. Well, the Greek mythology was that there was this man, Narcissus, I guess his name was, Narcissus, and he apparently didn't have mirrors in those days, but he looked in a, a pond of water and saw his face, and he thought, that is such a beautiful face. He began, I guess, a proud, he was very proud of himself. And so the word narcissism has come, those who are, are exalt themselves and, and really uh, kind of promote themselves with a great deal of vanity. I had a a friend in a fraternity at uh, college uh, there at RPI in Troy, New York. (laughs) He and I would play uh, ping pong together quite a bit. And at the time, there was a popular song, Mr. Wonderful, That's You. And uh, we would sing that from time to time. (laughs) But one time, he was at his... His shirt off and he's flexing his muscles in front of a mirror and he was saying, Mr. Wonderful, that's me. So he was uh, kind of proud of himself. Well, here in Romans uh, 1st chapter verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Romans 1 verse 19. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their fear. Foolish hearts were darkened. So we see that two sides of the coin, the people that are unthankful and their associated behaviors and thoughts contrasted with the loving, edifying thoughts of people who are very thankful. So God's wrath is against those who refuse to acknowledge him and refuse to acknowledge him as a source of life, of happiness and abundant life. Let's turn to uh, James, the first chapter, because if everyone actually recognized this truth in James 1, you would automatically, or you would, you know, must choose, must choose to be thankful, but you would know why to be thankful and to whom you were thankful. James 1, verse 17, an incredible truth. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You know, I had one of my ambassador college classes had a Ph.D. student and he he asked, we were covering this in the class, he says, well, how can that be? How can it be every good and every perfect gift is, is from God? I guess he thought that Gifts from human beings to other human beings were not from God. I was had a problem with this somehow. This PhD didn't understand, perhaps, that the air we breathe comes from God. The soil that we grow plants in comes from God. The minerals that are in the earth from which we make machines and other items comes from God. Everything comes from God. So you have to make sure that you understand that. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first roots of his creation. Or as King James, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. The wonderful revelation of what God is doing here on earth. Creating a royal family. First by begettal, growing and overcoming until God saves us at the resurrection. What an awesome truth God has given us, or for so many things to be thankful for. Oh, so on Thanksgiving Day, we had uh, around our table, we had uh, eight people around our table, and and I was uh, we each asked the question, "What are you thankful for?" Not getting to the deeper spiritual things, but more the social and family level. And some of the people around the table said, "Well, I, I'm thankful for my family." Another person said, I'm thankful for music. Another person said, I'm thankful to attend Living University this semester from another country and being uh, able to attend the Charlotte congregation. So that person was thankful for that. I said, I was thankful for my wife of 53 years, that I don't know that I'd be alive if it weren't for her, for the basic times that I've gone through and certain troubles, but I'm just very thankful for my wife. And I'm sure that you've expressed that same kind of Thanksgiving as well. But we might just ask what uh, some little children, and maybe you did that your family on Thanksgiving Day, and ask what uh, what your children were thankful for. This is from the LA Times, uh, Kids Talk Back. And uh, The children at Newport Beach in the elementary school were asking what were they thankful for. At Mariner's Elementary School in Newport Beach, what are you most thankful for? Camille, age six, from Costa Mesa said, I'm thankful for my family because they love me. She knew that the family loved her. And we need to make sure our children know that we love them. Latte, age six, said, I'm thankful for my family, well, because they help me with stuff. So You know that. You know what stuff is. They help me with stuff. Lauren, age seven, my family, because they take care of me when I'm sick. Nicholas, age six, my doggie, and I'm getting him in a few weeks. He's half back, uh, black lab and half German shepherd, and he'll attack if someone tries to come in. And then one more. I think I have more here. This is from Blake, age 7, at Newport Beach. Who are you thankful for? My great-great-great-grandma and grandpa. They all got on the Mayflower, so they was thankful for that. And uh, this one is from uh, different schools, from uh, grade 5, Pacifica Elementary School, Oceanside, I guess they were told to write write a little essay on what they were thankful for. And so Candace writes this, Thank you, Turkey, for giving me your meat. If it weren't for you, I'd never like to eat. You taste a lot better than chicken or beets, so thank you, Turkey, for giving me your meat. That was So on the physical level, we have a lot to be thankful for and We realize that uh, many in the world are not thankful at this time because they are refugees. This is the current Time magazine, uh, November 27th to December 6th, 2017, the 25 best inventions of 2017. But it has a photo essay here of the Rohingya Muslims, who are refugees from Myanmar, and the photos in this are just very touching. It's uh, called a uh, desperate journey the Rohingya uh, on their emigration from Myanmar to Bangladesh, and uh, I mean, let's just show the picture of their crossing the river. You know, up in the water to their waist, and uh, just amazing. Um, both children and all crowded together with their life belongings in their hands and the uh, statement here on page 44 more than six hundred thousand Rohingya have fled Myanmar into Bangladesh Bangladesh since last August uh, an amazing photo essay this one is just uh, amazing showing a string of people uh, on the horizon uh, one woman with a a bar over her shoulders with uh, two uh, sacks of her goods uh, hanging from the, uh, the staff uh, on her shoulder. Just think, their whole life longings are just with them, just in a little sack or backpack or something uh, traveling along, and here we are sitting in an air-conditioned uh, auditorium, thankful that we have roofs over our heads, most of us, and all the tremendous blessings that we have. I was just reading in yesterday's Wall Street Journal that Myanmar and Bangladesh agreed to begin repatriating ethnic Rohingya Muslims who fled a crackdown in Buddhist-majority Myanmar. Then you also mentioned that there are now more Rohingya in relief camps in neighboring Bangladesh than in Myanmar, 834,000 in refugee camps, as of no, November 21st, and that's the International Office of Migration. So we need to pray for people who are experiencing trials and uh, need to be thankful for the blessings that we have in contrast to these people. Are you thankful for the simple things in life? Years ago, my wife was uh, babysitting for... Uh, nephew, he was uh, about three years old at the time, and she was going to help him to pray before going to bed. And he kneeled down, and he surprisingly said, "Thank you, God, for the plum and the glass of water." So my wife remembers that from many years ago. The simple thanksgiving for simple things. And what are you thankful for? You know the uh, the song. The best things in life are free. I won't attempt to sing it to you. The best things in life are free. The moon belongs to everyone. The best things in life are free. The stars belong to everyone. They gleam there for you and me. The flowers in spring, the robins that sing, the sunbeams that shine, they're yours, they're mine. And love can come to everyone. The best things in life are free. But we thank God for his creation. We thank God of looking at the uh, silvery moon. There was a new moon just a few nights ago. And just just beautiful, just a sliver of the moon up there. It's so beautiful. And in our walkway, when I go out the front door to, to the car in the morning, we have some rose bushes and those little rose buds that are starting to blossom. Just absolutely beautiful. No human being could create such beauty. I hope you're all appreciative of the physical things, all the way from uh, maybe only scientists are thankful for electrons, atoms, and molecules that make up matter. Uh, But you think from the the tiniest matter of existence to the vast universe. We just did a telecast uh, on, uh, on the universe, our awesome universe. I forget the exact title of it. Uh, but there are galaxies going out in space at 100 million miles per hour, and I asked uh, Mr. Smith to do a little research, and he found that even a quasar has been discovered as going 237 million miles an hour out into space. You take a look at NASA's photographs from the Hubble, uh, Hubble telescope, and what awesome beauty! There is out there the tadpole galaxy, the whirlpool galaxy, the swan galaxy. Just absolute beauty. And these galaxies are billions of light years in in diameter. And you just wonder, how is that all done? We're thankful for God's creation. We're thankful for the spiritual blessings, the deep spiritual blessings he gives us. Turn to Matthew the 11th chapter, Matthew, the 11th chapter, and understand that so many in the world do not understand the simple truths that we have. And yet, uh, I already uh, read that scripture, Matthew 11, uh, 25. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Are you thankful for God's revelation? And, of course, the book of Revelation is God's revelation to us as well. If you'll turn there to Revelation, the fourth chapter, and you'll see what is going on around God's throne in heaven. Is there thanksgiving around God's throne in heaven? Revelation 4 and verse 9. Here are the four living creatures, each having six wings, verse uh, 8. And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, verse 9. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worships Him, who lives forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for You have created all things, and by Your will they exist and were created. So whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, the 24 elders fall down and and worship God. Turn to 2 Corinthians, uh, the ninth chapter. 2 Corinthians, the 9th chapter. I'm going to have to skip over. There's so many blessings. As I said, there were over a 100 uh, references to thanks and thanksgiving in the Bible. We can't cover them all now, but you could do your own study and mark in your Bible, highlight in your Bible where the word thanks or thanksgiving occurs. Here in 2 Corinthians 9... Starting, uh, with verse 10, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Again, this is the Corinthian church to whom he's writing. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgiving to God. And so others of the churches uh, that Paul was responsible for were sending food and other gifts to the poor people in, in Jerusalem. And he's exhorting the Corinthians, While through the proof of the ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession, To the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and by their prayer for you who long for you because of their exceeding grace of God in you. In verse 15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So they're talking about providing the needs for other church members, but here he's saying, Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. In the Greek, it's anakidigatos, found only here in the Greek Bible. Denotes something that is beyond human description. That's from the New Testament commentary series on 2 Corinthians. Quote, we can give without loving, but we cannot love without giving. God so loved us that He gave the ultimate gift Whose cost can never be matched—the gift of His only Son. You think about this verse, and I hope you have marked it in your Bible. If you have a Bible, you can mark. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. And if you were asked, "What are you thankful for?" in terms of the ultimate, I would hope immediately you would say. For one thing, the sacrifice of Christ. That's John 3.16. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whomsoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I've exhorted you before to read uh, Mr. Weston's booklet on uh, John 3.16. It's very comprehensive and a, a wonderful statement of truth from the fundamentals of the Bible and the doctrines of the living church of God. So I hope that you read that uh, booklet, John 3.16. One commentary says about 2 Corinthians, It was necessary for Paul to explain to the Corinthian churches at such great length the meaning of the grace of God and the death of Christ. Apparently, they did not understand what it meant either to be loved or to show love. And of course, he had 1 Corinthians the 13th chapter on describing what true love really was. We'll turn to 2 Peter the first chapter, 2 Peter 1. What are you thankful for? We're thankful for God's revelation. We're thankful for God for His indescribable gift. In 2 Peter the first chapter, we've... Emphasize this before, that God has given us freely so many exceeding great and precious promises. 2 Peter 1 verse 2, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And his divine power has given us to us all things. (laughs) You know, if you're wondering, you're sad that you don't have anything. God says, look, He's giving you all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's opened up your mind to the truth. As Jesus thanked the Father that He's revealed these things to babes through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption, that is in the world through lust. We had the telecast last week on promises and prayers. And I mentioned four different items right here. That God has given us all things that pertain to life. That He's given us precious promises. That He's given us the opportunity to partake of His divine nature. He's begotten us by His Holy Spirit. And escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. So even those who are addicted to some sins can be freed from that addiction. Oh, God has given us all those awesome promises, and I hope that you're thankful for those promises. One of those promises is emphasized in Galatians, the third chapter. There are many, many, many promises, uh, hundreds of them, of course, in the Bible. But Galatians shows us uh, our responsibility and our blessings because of the faith of Abraham. Galatians remember, Galatians the third chapter, I think one that we're all thankful for and realize that we are one family and God's church, regardless of our backgrounds. Galatians three twenty-six for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we are heirs according to that promise. And, of course, one of those promises was to Abraham in Romans, the fourth chapter. He is heir of the world. And, of course, one of those promises was that his seed was going to be the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and so that we all won in Christ, and we are heirs of the promise. We go on and on, but let me just mention some more, and I hope you've given thought, perhaps made your own list of spiritual blessings for which you're thankful. I'm thankful for the gospel, understanding the true gospel of Jesus Christ the coming kingdom of God, that Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and that we can be forgiven because of his sacrifice. He said in Mark 1, you know, repent and believe in the gospel. So once we've repented and accepted Jesus Christ as personal Savior, and in faith and are baptized, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're begotten sons and daughters of the Almighty. We thank God that that gospel is going out to the rest of the world. And keep praying for more open doors so that the true gospel, the good news of the coming kingdom of God, can go out in greater power. We thank God for the privilege of coming before God's throne. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Let's turn back there. Hebrews 4. We don't want to be cowardly Christians, we need to be bold, and he gives us that encouragement here in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, at verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I tell God it's always a time of need for me, but sometimes it's a more serious need when you're going through a trial or a test or a problem. Come boldly before that throne because, verse 14, we have a high priest who is there at God's throne to intercede for us. We thank God for the privilege of coming directly to his throne in heaven. We don't need to go through, confess to a a priest or someone else, although sometimes we need help from, from the ministry, need help from one another. But we can go directly to God's throne. We thank God for His comfort. Second Corinthians, the first chapter. I think, uh, the apostle Paul preached at midnight, and if we continued going on with all the blessings God gives us, we would go on to midnight. I'm not going to go to midnight, by the way. Second Corinthians and, uh, chapter one. Second Corinthians one. Another familiar verse. Second Corinthians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. So God comforts us and we try to comfort others with a comfort with which we ourselves are comforted for for God, by God, So we thank God for his comfort in times of mourning. And we do have, of course, in our Living Church News, a section on loving, in loving memory that reminds us of, of those who are sleeping in Jesus. And we look forward to the resurrection when we will be reunited once again. Turn to Revelation, the first chapter, Revelation 1. Again, we mentioned this before in terms of Christ thanking the Father of what has been revealed to babes, to children. But how awesome it is that we have from heaven, through God's Holy Spirit, through the written word, the mind of God, the Bible, revelation. It's a revealing. It's an opening up. It's giving us an understanding of who and what God is, of the purpose of life, the future of the world, the future of the universe. Revelation 1.1, the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by an angel to his servant John. Verse 3, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Mr. Herbert Armstrong spoke about the two trees. They're back in Genesis, the third chapter. And you realize they were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when Adam and Eve took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they took to themselves the prerogative, they thought, of deciding what was right and wrong. Rejecting the tree of life They rejected godly revelation. And that's what determines the situation in the world we see today. Because the world, human beings who followed Adam and Eve, rejecting revelation from God, and chosen to determine for themselves what is right and wrong. That's why it's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So much to be thankful for. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. We had our former association had a booklet that said you really can't know what God is like because He's so great He's indescribable. Well, that is very misleading because God Himself describes what He is like in the Bible. And we believe him, and we believe his revelation in the Bible. First Corinthians two gives us this awesome promise of revelation. First Corinthians two verse nine. But it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart the man and thing, things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So, well, yes, we can't know. We have not experienced the god plane relationship. We have a god plane relationship in essence with our families and with the church. But we aren't immortal. We haven't put on immortality as yet. So we have not experienced that level of the deep things of God. But we have experience and understand. From his revelation if we obey him. Because a good understanding have all they. Who keep his commandments. Psalm 111 verse 10. We understand deep things. We thank God. For what we understand. His plan of salvation that is revealed through the. Weekly Sabbath and the annual festivals and holy days. We understand the way of life. What. The physical laws, the natural laws, the spiritual laws. And Jesus said He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. What an awesome gift is God has given us to reveal unto us, yes, even the deep things of God. And what else have you written down on your list of spiritual blessings if you have? I'm thankful for the truth because that's what He's revealed to us. John eighteen thirty two. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I was enslaved to sin at one time. I was enslaved to false Christianity. I was a, I was depressed because I didn't know what the future held. All I could see. It, When I got out of the army in 1959, all I could see was nuclear holocaust between the United States and the Soviet Union because at that time they were exercising what is called MAD, M-A-D, Mutual Assured Destruction, supposedly would keep each other from nuclear annihilation. And I was depressed. But God... Revealed to me the truth as I began to hear Mr. Armstrong read the Bible, take the Ambassador College Bible Correspondence course, listen to the gospel over the radio, the wonderful world tomorrow, and God freed me from those deceptions. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We love and rejoice in the truth. It says in First Corinthians thirteen seven, rejoice in the truth. We thank uh, God also for Mr. Weston's sermon last week um, on think no evil. He also was discussing that in First Corinthians the thirteenth chapter. We rejoice in the truth. Actually, sermon number four ten. What else do you are you thankful for? Well. I'm going to be running out of time. Hope you're thankful for lessons that you've learned. As we heard, Dr. Meredith, even after a stroke several years ago, said he wanted to learn whatever lessons he could learn. And in February, when he learned of his prostate cancer, he said, I still want to learn whatever lessons God wants me to learn before I die. Are you thankful for whatever lessons you've learned that are life-changing, life-learning, life-lasting lessons in life? You no, know, Jesus lived for just only 33 and a half years. But for some of us, it takes much longer to learn those lessons. Turn to Second Peter 3 and verse 8. 2 Peter 3 and verse 8. Second Peter 3 and verse 8. Hmm. Beloved, do not forget this one thing that the Lord, with the Lord, one day is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God is giving us more time, and I think He's giving me more time in life over what uh, 81 years of age, because it's taking me longer to learn some lessons, and I, I have to shake my head sometimes. I think, why couldn't I have learned that 40 years ago, 50 years ago, maybe even 60 years ago, some lessons that... I've just been learning in the last few years. Well, thank God that He's giving us time to learn and to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. But hopefully, you are thankful for lessons that you've learned, and perhaps one area for which you've not given thanks. If you turn him back to Hebrews, the twelfth chapter, which ties in just along with lessons learned, Hebrews the twelfth chapter. Have you ever, or have you recently, or even in the past year, thanked God for His correction? Hebrews, the twelfth chapter, and verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. Again, quoting from Proverbs 3. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Not nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. But whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he he receives. So God loves you if you have received correction. Verse 7, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Thank God for his correction. And I realize, I mean, just the past week, uh, God's given me some correction, and I'm thankful for that. And I think back in some of the incidences of my life, as I shared with you in my sermon on Romans eight twenty-eight, that when I was driving uh, rather speedily, trying to set a speed record, going from my home in Meriden, Connecticut, back to Troy, New York, with the slick tires on fifty-one Chevy automobile and skidded around a corner and crashed into a a milk truck, well, (laughs) I learned a lesson from that. And I think God allowed that accident so I would not have a more terrible accident. It was a Romans 8.28. I did make the mistake, however. I said, well, Mom, you didn't tell me to be careful when I left. So I tell my wife to be careful every time she goes somewhere and she tells me to be careful. But we learn lessons and thank God for his corrections. So how do we thank God? We thank God in our speech. We thank God in music. We thank God, most importantly, in changed behavior. In growing into the maturity in the mind, the character, and the nature of Christ. Let's turn to Matthew the 11th chapter, Matthew 11. Here we see that some individuals who were not righteous like the Pharisees and Sadducees will still, still be in God's kingdom. Why? Because they changed their behavior. They repented and grew in the grace and knowledge of Christ, at least is inferred here in Matthew the 11th chapter and verse 21 he was rebuking those cities that didn't believe in him woe to you Chirazin woe to you Bethsaida for his mighty works were done in you had done in Tyre and Sidon they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes but I say to you it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you so there are going to be people in the white throne judgment as we saw in the Telecasts that are going to be in God's kingdom. We are very thankful that God has a plan for salvation. Turn to First Corinthians the sixth chapter. First Corinthians the sixth chapter. So we have a warning here and an encouragement at the same time. First Corinthians six and verse nine. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. You thank God, not only in words, but by changing Your behavior and your thoughts and growing in the character of Christ. For such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. So these human beings had a changed life. Romans the 12th chapter, Romans 12. And we thank God by being a living sacrifice as it tells us here in Romans 12. Romans 12 verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we have to make sure that we're changing our lives, that we're a living sacrifice and that we're being conformed to the very image of Christ. We need to also make sure that we give thanks to God, not only through changed behavior and growing in the maturity and the stature of Christ, but we give thanks to God even when we are experiencing trials. I think you all know James, the first chapter, James 1. And that's maybe more difficult to do than other times, how can I thank God when I'm going through trials? James, the first chapter. James one. And, uh, verse two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. It's very difficult to do sometimes. But it takes faith to do that because you're obeying God and choosing to count it joy. It's not joyful, but you count it joy knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may perfect, be perfect and complete lacking nothing. So you thank God even when you're going through trials. I, years ago I mentioned in a sermon about one of our faithful members, who systematically and regularly wrote down five things she was thankful for. We already saw in research how that was done systematically and where people wrote down things they were positive with for and were ended up being much more happy. This uh, one woman was going through a trial that time. I think her, her parents died, her brother was injured, so she started writing down... Five things to be thankful for every day. I just talked to her uh, the other day as a minister's wife, because I've mentioned this example before, and she's been faithfully writing down at least five things to be thankful for for 15 or 20 years now. I talked with her husband. He's serving a large area effectively, and it made me realize I hope we we are thankful for our pastors and ministers some of our ministers are serving five different congregations uh, traveling four or five hours between congregations and uh, really serving God's people and sacrificing a great deal they work uh, hundreds of drive hundreds of miles you know each week and and spend many times i i talked with the minister's wife and she said that she finds it difficult sometime in writing down five things to be thankful for. She said one day it's harder than to affirm thankfulness, and other days it's more easy. But she said that of last Wednesday, just two three days ago, when I talked with her, that over these years, writing down five things every day for 15 or 20 years, she had completed 31,000, 190 things that she had written down over these years to be thankful for. We all face trials and tests. And, of course, in our church bulletin, uh, we have Dr. Douglas Winnell's commentary on of faith through trials. He said, let's remember to ask God for his help and guidance in the faith we need to get through trials as we study the biblical examples of others who face trials in their lives. So we've looked at some. Let's take a look at one example in Acts, the 16th chapter, Acts 16. So we can be thankful for those who endured trials and expressed positive mindedness, counted it joy, and even gave thanks to God. Acts, the 16th chapter, in verse 24. Acts 16 and verse 24. This is, of course, about Paul and Silas being put in prison. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Acts 16, verse 24. Your feet are locked up. But at midnight, Paul and Silas did what? Were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. How do you deal with your trials? Do you thank God during your trials? But suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. You know the rest of the story of the Philippian jailer. My wife was mentioning to me about uh, the life of Richard David Armstrong. She got to meet him the summer before he died, the summer of 1958 at Ambassador College in Pasadena. She'd just come out from her home in Joppa, Missouri. And uh, one of the church nurses uh, was there at the hospital. Mr. Richard David Armstrong was on a baptizing tour and had a terrible auto accident. And he was critically ill, was in the hospital. And one of our church nurses was standing out the door of the hospital, knowing he was dying, And she said, He was thanking God for everything that he could think of. Would you, in your dying moments, be thanking God? Richard David Armstrong did, and he died at age 29, was it? Age 29. So thank God even in times of trial. And we thank God asking him to intervene for us in our trials. We give thanks to God through our song and through music. And even my wife was reading to me on the way over here from uh, Nehemiah, the 12th chapter. Uh, when uh, they were dedicating the walls around Jerusalem. And Nehemiah had two choirs of thanksgiving. <laughs> they were singing choirs of thanksgiving. There were two choirs dedicating and celebrating the walls around Jerusalem. So we can thank God in music. It tells us in Ephesians 5, 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always to God for all things. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We read that earlier. And we do have hymns in our hymnal, Uh, Page 27, give thanks and offer praise. Page 68, give thanks and praise the eternal. Page 73, we praise thee, O God, our Redeemer. And the sentence says, in grateful devotion, our tribute we bring. So brethren, express your thanksgiving to God many times a day. Express your gratitude to others for their kindness to you. And most importantly, express your thankfulness by growing in spiritual maturity, overcoming and changing your behavior, and growing in spiritual maturity and being conformed to the very image of Christ. Be thankful for your calling. And realize that thanksgiving is a way of thinking. It's a way of living. It's a way of life. It's an aspect of godly character. It needs to be a continuous state of mind. As we read in Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So brethren, let's fulfill our mission, fulfill our purpose, and realize thanksgiving is a way of life. And with God's continual guidance and blessing, may we always abound with thanksgiving.